Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome the church in the balcony. Haven't we had some preaching going on in this house? Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty praise for the word going forth. We had Friday night, Brother Buddy Puckett, he preached about a covering, and man, he preached. And then last night, Brother Chesser, he just, he just topped it all off with everything that he uh, discussed and preached to us. I'm glad to know that uh, we can worship our way through anything. And I like the title of his message was, Let God Take Care of Your Demons. Amen, because we can't fight our battles by ourselves. We need the Lord. And uh, so that was a good message, and uh, we're expecting a good message today. Brother Michael Maupin is going to be with us, and uh, if he hasn't overslept over there. And uh, somebody may have to wake him up. He had a late-night adventure coming in, but uh, he made it in, and we're glad that he is with us, and I'm sure he has something to preach to us today. And uh, we want to uh, just uh, read a verse of scripture, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to uh, just jump right into the service. It's found in Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 44. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 44. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and everybody say for joy, for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. I'm glad that when it was revealed to me what it takes to be saved, I had joy. I sold out everything. I'm sold out. I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm sold out to, to make my way to heaven. I'm not going to give up along the way. I'm not going to quit my journey. The journey gets sweeter every day. Amen. And if your journey's not sweet this morning, I pray that by the end of this service that you have joy. Look at somebody and say, let's have joy. Let's have joy. Amen. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we ask the Lord to move in a mighty way here today. Lord, we come before your presence and thank you, Lord, for the gathering of your people. Gathering together in your precious name. The only name that we can gather in. The only name we can speak. The only name that we can say and receive what we have need of. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one that is gathered here today. Bless our packful family. Bless the home folk. Bless Lord, the guests that are here today, bless each and every one, Lord, that is gathered here to worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless the music department and the singers, Lord, that we will sing and make a joyful noise unto you. Restore joy unto someone today. Let them know, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give a mighty praise unto the Lord.
all of those that are sick and afflicted. Um, we have several on our prayer list. We also have some people that are traveling, and uh, they desire for us to pray that the Lord will keep them safe on their trips. Some are going to be gone for maybe a, about a month or so, and we want to continue to pray for them as they are with family. Always good to spend time with family, and we want to pray for them. But if you have a prayer request you'd like to make known just by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Could we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord, we come before your presence and thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing unto those that are sick, those in the sanctuary that need a touch, Lord. I pray that you will just begin to let your spirit flow and break every yoke that is binding your people, Lord, whether it's sickness, disease, or some something that has hindered them, Lord. I just pray that you would help them. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for those that are traveling, that you would keep your hand upon them, especially this coming week. Lord, all of those that's going to be visiting with family for Thanksgiving, I pray that you would keep them safe up on the roads. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name.
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a mighty praise. Oh, there's some fire going on. Well, it's like fire shut up in our bones. Every time you think you can't speak in the name of Jesus, and you just say, I'm just too upset, I'm just too overwhelmed, I just can't do it today, you just start speaking the name. Hallelujah. Because it's like fire. It's like fire. Darkness trampled 
mighty praise. We're going to ask our ushers to come. We're going to take up today's offering. Give us the Lord blesses you. He's doing some stuff in this house. How many's going to let him continue to do it? I said, how many's going to let him continue to do it? And the only way he can continue is if our praise and worship continues. Hallelujah. We heard about it last night. We don't worship demons have their way. We don't worship the devil just has his way. But if we worship, hallelujah, we can overcome anything. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the offering today. We thank you, Lord, for those that are going to give. We ask, Lord, that you would bless the offering, multiply it, and use it, Lord. Get glory from it, and we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. I got to thinking about this song with the message last night. He's talking about Jesus going and talking to Legion and about the man. And he was bound with chains and he would break the chains. And how that we're bound with chains too at times.
Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. I'm glad he breaks chains. Heard a little bit about that last night. That uh, the world just tries to deal with the problem by putting it away, hiding it, kind of binding it, getting it out of the way. But the Lord deals with breaking it. I'd like, I'd like to say the Lord deals with it by breaking it. That means that the chance can't be used anymore. When that demonic of Gadara had the chains broken, those chains couldn't be used for anything else. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, better known as Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah, they, when they went in, they was bound, those cords could not be used anymore. I wish we really believed the Lord and what His Word says that once I'm set free, I'm not going to be bound anymore. Once I'm loosed, I'm not going to get tied up and tangled up anymore because those cannot be used anymore. We have to allow it to come back into our life, a new thing, because the old has been broken. Amen. It's such an honor to have with us today Brother Michael Maupin. He is a good friend of this church and a good friend of mine, and we uh, love Brother Maupin. He lives in Arkansas and uh, originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, and we just appreciate him coming every year and being a part of these uh, events that we have, and uh, we want him to preach to us. How many wants Brother Maupin to preach to us? Amen. I, I don't want a story, and I don't want to just have him just pat us on the back and tell us how good we are. I want a word from the Lord, and I believe he's got a word from the Lord. So let's give a good, warm, cornerstone apostolic church welcome to our friend and brother. Let's give the Lord a great praise this morning. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Come on, he's worthy. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what my favorite day is? My favorite day is the day after yesterday and the day before tomorrow. Because the Bible says this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And it, the Bible also says that today is the day of salvation. So I understand there's no day like today. Today could be your day to get a miracle. Today could be your day to repent of your sins. Today could be the day that you're baptized in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus today could be the day that you get the Holy Ghost. Today could be the day that you get deliverance. Today's a great day. And I'm thankful to be here. I count it an honor and privilege every time I get to come uh, to this church. I love this church dearly. And I give honor to my dear friends and your pastor and first lady. I love uh, Brother and Sister McKinney. They are wonderful people. I give honor to all the ministry here. And uh, I was looking at the flyer uh, last night of the three speakers, and I was trying to figure out why there was a dinner following when I preach and not when the other two guys preach. Uh, if anybody can figure that out, let me know after service. But I know that uh, I know that I'm the only thing standing between you and I've been here on this dinner and it's a good a good meal, and so I'm the only thing between you and that food in the back. 
So I'm not going to preach very long, but I do have a word, I believe, for us here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, the 25th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 25th chapter. And we want to read two verses there. 1 Samuel 25, verses 23 and 24. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the donkey, and she fell before David on her face. She bowed herself to the ground. She fell at his feet, and she said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thy handmaid. I want to preach to you on this simple thought today. Act like Abigail. You need to act like Abigail. Would you set your Bible down? Would you lift your hands and hearts to heaven? Would you help me pray? Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your majesty and your glory. We thankful for your spirit, your anointing, your word. God, we ask you right now to anoint me to preach your anointed word the way you want it preached today. God, anoint your people, God, to hear your word, to receive your word. But God, more importantly, to respond to your word. Help us to act like Abigail today, God. Move in this service, in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Why don't we clap our hands one more time? And the Bible says not only to clap but to shout. Can you act? Can you add a little shout to your hand clap? Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. seated here this morning. I want to build a quick foundation priest for a few minutes after that. There was a certain man in Moan who carried on his business in the region of Carmel. He was very prosperous, 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep shearing time in Carmel. The man's name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. The woman was intelligent and good looking. The man was brutish and mean. While out in the back country, David hears that Nabal was shearing his sheep and he sent ten of his young men off with these instructions. Go to Carmel and approach Nabal. Greet him in my name. Speak peace, life and peace to you. Peace to your household. Peace to everyone here. I heard that it's sheep shearing time and when your shepherds were camped near us, we never took advantage of them. They didn't lose anything all the time they were with us in Carmel. Ask your young men, they'll tell you what I'm asking is what is what I'm asking is for you to be generous with my men. Share your feast, give whatever your heart tells you to your servant, to me, to, to me also, David. David's young men went and delivered his message word for word to Nabal, and Nabal tore into them. Who is this David? Who is this? Son of Jesse, the country is full of runaway servants these days. Do you think I'm going to take my good bread and wine and meat freshly butchered for my sheep shears and give it to men that I've never even laid eyes on? Who knows where they've even come from? David's men got out of there and went back and told David what he had said. And David said, strap on your swords. And 400 men strapped on their swords and followed David back towards Nabal's house. Meanwhile, one of the young shepherds told Abigail, Nabal's wife, what had happened. David sent messengers from the back country 
to salute our master, but he tore into them with insults. Yet these men treated us very well. They took nothing from us and didn't take advantage of us the entire time we were out in the fields. They actually formed a wall around us, protecting us both day and night the entire time we were tending to your sheep. Do something quickly because big trouble is ahead for our master and all of us because nobody can talk to him. He's impossible, a real brute. Abigail flies into action. She takes 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep dressed out and ready for cooking, a bushel of roasted grain, a hundred raisin cakes, and 200 fig cakes, and she has it all loaded on some donkeys. Then she says to her young servants, go ahead and pave the way for me. I'm right behind you, but she said nothing to her husband Nabal. And as she was riding her donkey, descending into a ravine, David and his men were descending from the other end so that they met there on the road. David had just said that sure, this sure was a waste guarding everything that this man had out in the wild so that nothing he had, had was lost. And now he rewards me with insults. This is a slap in my face. May God do to me worse to, to me, if Nabal and every cur and his misbegotten brood aren't dead meat by the morning. As soon as Abigail saw David, she gets off her donkey. She falls on her knees at his feet, her face to the ground in homage, and she begins pleading, My Master, let me take this blame. Let me speak to you. Listen to what I have to say. Don't dwell on what this brute Nabal did. He acts out of the meaning of his name, Nabal, which means fool, Foolishness oozes from him. I wasn't there when the young men my master sent arrived. I didn't see them. And now my master, as God lives and as you live, God has kept you from this avenging murder. And may your enemies, all who seek my master's harm, end up like Nabal. Now take this gift that I, your servant, have brought to you, my master, and give it to the young men who follow in the steps of my master. Forgive my presumption, but God is at work in my master, developing a rule solid and dependable. My master fights God's battles, and as long as you live, no evil will stick to you. If anyone stands in your way, if anyone tries to get you uh, out of the way, know this, your God-honored life is tightly bound in the bundle of God-protected life, but the lives of your enemies will be hurled aside as a stone is thrown from a sling when God completes all the goodness he has promised my master and sets you up as prince over Israel my master will not have this dead weight in his heart the guilt of an avenging murder and when God has worked things for good for my master please remember me and David said blessed be God the God of Israel he sent you to meet me and blessed be your good sense Bless you for keeping me from murder and taking charge of looking out for me. A close call as God lives, the God of Israel who kept me from hurting you. If you would have not come as quickly as you did, stopping me in my tracks, by morning there would have been nothing left of Nabal but dead meat. Then David accepted the gift that she brought him and she said, and he says to her, return home in peace. I have heard what you have said and I will do what you have asked. Now story time's over. Let me preach a minute. There are three main characters in this story, in this chapter of the Bible. The first is Nabal, the evil wealthy man 
whose name means fool or foolish. Then there's Abigail, the intelligent and beautiful wife, whose name means source of joy. And then there is David, the anointed king, whose name means loving. And Nabal represents the foolish world. Abigail represents the source of joy, the church. And David represents Jesus, our loving, anointed king. And just as the foolish Nabal didn't realize it, this foolish world doesn't realize it either. But there has been an anointed king on the outskirts of town watching and protecting this world while they have been enjoying themselves, partying and celebrating their abundance and their blessing. And just as David, the loving anointed king, sent messengers to foolish Nabal, Jesus, our loving anointed king, has constantly and consistently been sending messengers from the beginning of time to this foolish world. And just as David's messengers reminded the foolish Nabal at his party that they had been keeping and protecting them so that they could even have what they have and celebrate their wealth and all that they wanted in return was for them to share their feast, so has God's messengers came with the same message. They've come to remind the foolish nables of this world that the king of glory is the only reason that we are alive. He is the only reason that you are blessed. He's been keeping you. He's been protecting you. And he has been blessing you. And all that he wants in return is some gratitude. All that he wants is some thankfulness. All that he wants is your love and appreciation. He desires our praise and our adoration. He wants your devotion. He wants your heart. It's not too much to ask in return for all the blessings and benefits that he's given to us today. But just like the foolish Nabal questioned the messengers, who is this David? This foolish world questions God's messengers also. Who is this Jesus? Who is this anointed king that you speak of? I don't know him. I've never heard of him. This is my life. This is my stuff. This is my spouse. This is my kids. This is my family. This is my money. This is... My job. You better be careful when somebody starts saying my, 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 my. This is my education. This is my house. These are my vehicles. I've worked hard for all of this stuff. Why should I share any of it with this Jesus you're talking about? You want me to do what? You want me to give my life to him? You want me to come to church on Sunday my only day off in the week when it's deer season? You want me to come to church again on Wednesday after I've worked hard all day and I'm exhausted? You want me to give my tithes and my offerings out of my paycheck that I've worked so hard for? But see, he's been dealing 
with this rejection from fallen humanity for thousands of years. And thank God that his judgment is sure. But I'm also thankful that it's not swift. But one day he will return. And just like David was angry and told his men to get their swords on and get ready for war, one day Jesus is going to do the same with his angelic army. Because Revelation 19.11 says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he did judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, wide and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of this fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I've got news for you today. One day our anointed King is coming back to this earth, but next time it's going to be different. This time he won't be the meek, sacrificial Lamb of God. The next time he returns, he's going to be the triumphant Lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's not returning as a Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's already done that. Next time he's going to return as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to conquer the world. And I don't know if you can tell by the news, daily end time prophecies are being fulfilled. Jesus is getting ready to return. And if you're not ready, it'd be a good day today for you to repent and give your life to him. But thank God, there's another character in this crazy story. Abigail, the source of joy. She represents the church, which is God's source of joy. And when Abigail hears all the commotion at the party and what's going on, the spirit of intercession comes over her and she realizes that she must do something and do it quickly. And like all of us here today need to do, she understands that she must become an intercessor, that she must stand in the gap and make up the hedge for the rest of her household and community. Abigail quickly gathers her servants and instructs them to gather food, wine, and gifts, hoping to appease the anointed king's natural appetite and his appetite for revenge. And then Abigail, on her way, she goes into the ravine on one side. On the other side, David comes in, and they meet along the road between them. Abigail gets off of her ride. She falls on her face. She grapples at the feet of David. She begins to beg. She begins to intercede. Please, David, don't destroy all of our people for one man's stubbornness and foolishness. Here, David, take this food. Take this wine. Take these gifts. Let your anger be subdued. I know my husband is worthy of death and our entire household, but please spare us. And just as Abigail, the source of joy, 
met David at that place between them and interceded with the anointed king for her husband and her household. I'm here to tell us today that we, the church, his source of joy, we must meet with Jesus at this place between heaven and earth to intercede with our anointed king for the souls of this world. Somebody needs to beg with him today as she begged before David. Somebody needs to fall at the feet of Jesus today and beg with him. I know we are justified of judgment, Jesus. I know we're deserving of death, Lord, but would you mete out a little mercy? Could you give us just a little more grace? Would you convey some compassion? Would you lend us some love? Could you find some forgiveness? My family isn't ready to meet you, God. My children children are backslid. My neighbor hasn't accepted my invitation for a Bible study yet. My co-worker hasn't seen the revelation of Jesus yet. Please give us more time. There's still a harvest. There's still souls not ready to meet you, O anointed king. Please give us a space of grace to win more people before you return. And David, the anointed king, he accepts Abigail's intercession and judgment is held. That's the only reason, I believe today, that's the only reason why the anointed king Jesus hasn't returned yet. It's the prayers and the intercessions of Abigail, the church, begging for one more day to reach one more soul. I find it amazing that if Abigail would have chosen to do nothing, she would have still been saved. Why? Because David said he was going to kill all the men of the household. She could have enjoyed the party. She could have enjoyed the abundance and blessings. She could have went on with her life, business as usual. And you know what? We have that same option here this morning. We can choose to just enjoy life, we could spend our days and our time enjoying the blessings and benefits of belonging to Him. We can live out our life enjoying the favor and faithfulness of our anointed King Jesus. We can just live our lives comfortable and complacent until He returns without a care in this world or for this world. Because let me tell you, we have it good. The American church has it good. We, we're actually spiritually spoiled and religiously rotten if you think about it. Because we haven't been persecuted here. No one has ever taken my Bible away from me. No one has ever threatened my life if I talk, teach, preach, proclaim, or mention the name of Jesus or his glorious gospel. No one, whenever I pulled in today, when I walked from that house over here, no one was outside throwing eggs, tomatoes, or rocks at me when I entered this beautiful building, and I doubt it'll happen when I leave today. We've got carpet instead of dirt floors like some places I've preached in other countries. No one's sitting on the floor, but you're in padded pews today. 
This isn't an open air building like I've preached in with animals coming in and out and bugs all over the place. But we're air conditioned and we're heated in here today. No one had to walk miles and miles like a, they did when I was in Uganda a couple summers ago when we, it took us almost two hours to drive. It, those people that walked that far, so there's no telling how long it took them to get there. No one had to walk miles and miles and hours and hours to come to church today. We are enjoying this party called Pentecost. Just coming to church, just going through the motions, leaving and enjoying the life that we've been blessed with. And when he returns, you will make it. You'll survive his terror and his revenge. But there are others in this community. There are others, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates that won't survive it. And Abigail, the source of joy, the church, realized that it wasn't just about her anymore. It wasn't about the blessings and the abundance. It wasn't about the party. But it was about those that were getting ready to be slain. And she quickly realized that there was about to be more funerals than parties in her future. And I want to tell us here today that we can't get so fixated on this party called Pentecost that we, the church, forget that outside of these four walls and all up and down this road and in this community and the surrounding communities is a world that is lost, dying, and on their way to an eternity of torment in a devil's hell. And Abigail stopped worrying about if everyone was having a good time at the party. Abigail stopped worrying and stopped making sure that there was enough appetizers and punch. She stopped worrying about if the music was too loud and if everyone had a comfortable seat. She stopped worrying about what was happening in the house, in the party. And she started worrying about what was happening outside the house and outside the party. What seemed to matter before no longer mattered to her. What was seemingly insignificant before was now merely insignificant to her. And the only thing in this story that stopped the justice of David, the anointed king, was Abigail. And can I tell you that the only thing that will stop the justice of Jesus, our anointed king, is that Abigail, the church, to be an intercessor. Our prayer today, we ought to act like Abigail. And our prayer before we leave here today and really every day should be help us, God, to beg. God, I want to plead. I want to intercede. Give me one more day, Jesus. Give me one more prayer meeting, God. Give me one more Bible study. Give me one more church service. Give me one more altar call. I'm working on my family. I'm working on my friends. I'm working on my coworkers. I'm working on my classmates. I'm working on my neighbors. But don't get so distracted by the party that you forget about the pitiful today. Don't get so distracted by the celebration that you forget about the sinners. Don't get so distracted by the blessings that you forget about the backsliders. Because in the end, Nabal hears of what Abigail did and his heart turned into stone and he died. And then David, the anointed king, you know what he does? He marries Abigail, the widow, because of her beauty and because of her actions. 
And one day, after this gospel has been preached to the entire globe, there will be some that their hearts, just like Nabal, will turn to stone and they will die a spiritual death. But guess what? Jesus, our anointed king, he's going to marry his bride. He's going to marry Abigail. He's going to marry his source of joy because of her beauty of holiness and her actions of intercession because it can't just be righteous living without reaching the lost. And it can't just be reaching the lost without righteous living. We've got to do both. We can't get so worried about his our appearance that we forget about his appearing today. And I close with what I consider two of the saddest scriptures in the entirety of your Bible. Isaiah 59 and 16. And I pray that neither one of these scriptures apply to us today, Abigail, the church, the source of joy. But in Isaiah 59, 16, God said, he saw that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Ezekiel 22 and 30, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the me before me in the for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none God Please, Lord, when you stop by Cornerstone Apostolic in Phelps, Kentucky and this, this harvest time crusade this weekend, God, don't let it be said that there was no intercessor. God, don't let it be said that you came here on a Sunday morning looking for somebody to make up the hedge, somebody to stand in the gap for this community, but you could not find anyone. Look, I know we're homesick. I, with each and every passing day, we get more and more homesick. Seemingly with every news report or word out of Washington, D.C., we long more and more for the coming of our Lord and Savior. I know we pray come quickly, Lord, especially the more evil and dark this world becomes. We cry out for our Redeemer and our Deliverer, but we also not just need to pray come quickly, Lord. We also need to pray. We also need to intercede. We also need to travail. We also also need to make up the hedge and stand in the gap for the lost of this world. Because Isaiah 66 and 8 says, For as soon as Zion travailed, for as soon as the church travailed, she brought forth her children. Let I, I pray today on this Sunday morning to close out this weekend of great services. Let this place turn into a labor delivery unit. God, let there be weeping. Let there be travailing. Let there be interceding until spiritual babies are born. I know we've got food and fellowship in the back, but I think we would be wrong today if we didn't take a little time to say, God, I don't want you to come here today and not find an intercessor. I don't want you to show up on this Sunday morning and my mind be about food and fellowship instead of the lost that are out in the world. God, help Help me to intercede. Help me to stand in the gap. Help me to make up the hedge. Help me to travail.
Somebody needs to get the spirit of Rachel on them and say, give us children or else we die today. So I'm not calling an altar call. I'm not asking you to stand. I'm not asking you to come. I just wish everybody would just find a place somewhere. Wherever. If you want to come to the front, that's fine. If you want